Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, everybody. Welcome. Good morning, everyone. So excited uh, to see you, each and every one of you today, uh, that you could join us today uh, for service. Uh, I want to let you know, I, uh, I do try to follow the news a little closely. Um, I don't know if you know, some of you know, I was, uh, I've lived in Ukraine for a little while. Um, and uh, I was in a foreign exchange student in high school. Uh, so Ukraine is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've since lost touch with the family that uh, cared for me there. Uh, but I pray for them uh, every day, constantly. And it uh, breaks my heart uh, to know or not know what uh, they might be experiencing uh, at this time. So uh, I'm going to open up with prayer, and then we're going to uh, lead in today's message. So would you join me and just bow your heads and open your heart and reach out to uh, the Holy Spirit. Uh, Father, we thank you uh, for your love, your grace, your mercy, um, for your salvation power. God, we know that you never sleep nor slumber. You know all that's happening in our world. Uh, The conflicts that might be right here in our own backyards and those that are abroad. You are in or over and controlling everything. And we just pray for your divine presence and intervention in these areas of war. You are not the God of war. You are the God of peace. We invite your holy presence in Ukraine. We invite your holy presence in Russia. We pray for your divine inspiration that your love would conquer all hate. You asked us to pray. Even when things seem impossible, God, we, you want to see our faith. And we believe that you can do all things. You can transform this in the blink of an eye. You can change things tonight. And so, God, we invite you into this conflict and challenge. We invite you into our hearts that we could express more faith and trust in you. You are holy and righteous and almighty and everlasting and powerful and strong and everything that we can imagine you are. And we rest in you and we trust you. God, empower this message today. Use me for your glory. Uh, I am of, I am nothing. I decrease that you might increase. Would you speak? In the holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, bless you. Thank you for uh, taking that time to pray with me. Um, Today, let's talk about, uh, we continue our series called Stretch. And one area that I need, I know I constantly need is to grow. And I believe that I'm not uh, solo in that. I believe that all of us would like to and we need uh, to grow, to stretch out to Jesus, to be more and more like him. So we want to look at that today in the book of Hebrews, chapter number five. 
We're looking at verse number 11 through 14. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can flip there or you can follow along on the screen. I'll be reading today out of the NLT, New Living Translation. It reads, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to, un to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. May God bless and continue to grow us in his word. I started my professional career in radio. I remember uh, my first radio experience. I started out as an intern at a radio station. I love radio. I love music. I love the, the I, I fell in love with all the behind the scenes of radio. And, and so I started out as an intern and I went to this uh, internship every day. I, I was so in love with radio. I, I was a, a real intern, meaning I was the one that wasn't paid. Y'all know how interns be today. They like, oh, if you're not giving me a check, I'm not coming to intern, right? I, but I was the intern that was getting paid through experience. I was the intern getting paid through the wisdom and knowledge that I was receiving from, from, from my superiors that were pouring into me, that they were just speaking into my life, and they allowed me to sit in their office and learn everything that they knew. I remember that I wanted to perfect my craft. I wanted to be the best at, uh, at producing. I wanted to be a producer. I wanted to be behind the scenes. I'm not the kind of person who, who gets all excited about the limelight. And so what I, I did was I learned from the producers there. I learned from uh, uh, the news producers there. I learned from the show producers, all kind of stuff. And I remember that sometimes there wasn't enough work to do for an intern. They were doing their thing. And so what I would do is I would create things. I would create shows. I would create productions. I would create things so that I could take the time to work on my craft, that I could perfect myself. I would invite other people in and, 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 and just continue to uh, uh, recreate new things so that I could be better at what I was trying to be. I loved the freedom. I loved the ability to experiment. I loved the experience that I was gaining. And because I continued to stretch myself in that environment, I remember the general manager of the station coming to me one day and offering me a job from an internship. Greatness came out of that because even as an intern, from intern to then radio producer, and I continued to move up the ranks, I got the attention somehow of Delaware State University that reached out to me and said, we'd love for you to uh, apply for this assistant professor position. And that started my career in academia. Because I stretched myself 
in the, the mundane. I stretched myself in the basics. I stretched myself to master my craft. Uh, my career accelerated. Stretching ourselves helps us to grow. Stretching ourselves helps us to advance. Stretching ourselves helps us to achieve our next level. It helps us to reach our goal. And in this series called Stretch, we are uh, stretching toward our goal spiritually, which is to be more and more like Jesus Christ in every area and aspect of our lives. The book of Hebrews is written to remind readers of how powerful Jesus is. It's written to, to, uh, in, to remind us of the superiority of Christ. You see, the writer of Hebrews or writers of Hebrews, they, they write this book and give us a survey of the Old Testament. They, they tell us about all the, the prophets of old just to let us know that Jesus is greater. That Jesus is greater than Moses. That Jesus is greater than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he's better than all of them put together. The book of Hebrews even says that Jesus is God. It's a powerful book. The authors are communicating throughout this book that our focus needs to be on Jesus. And if our focus continues to be on Jesus, we will grow in the depth of our spiritual maturity. This is something that we all need. So they write to encourage us to stretch toward this growth. There are a few things in this passage that I've picked out today that I think that we can apply to our lives so that we can grow, we can accelerate, we can reach our spiritual, supernatural goals if we just apply what we see in the text. The first thing that I see is that we need to take initiative. Look back at verse number 11 again. It, it tells us that we need to take some initiative. Verse 11 says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you're spiritually dull. Spiritually, oh, I don't call that an evangelical compliment, but spiritually, doll, have you ever felt like an overused chef's knife that can't cut through the distractions of life? Have you ever felt like you were unable to participate in the preparation of a productive meal because you were sitting on the side and dull? The word dull means sluggish. It means mule-headed. It means stubborn. Spiritual dullness can happen when we have an internal resistance to truth. For instance, if we have the Burger King style of theology... Y'all know Burger King theology. I want to have everything my way, right? If we want to have everything our way, instead of being formed and shaped by the truth of the scriptures, we end up creating a theology or Christianity that fits us instead of a Christianity of Jesus Christ. 
God's not interested in Gary's theology. He wants to know if I am a follower of his son. And will I convert my life and shape my life to line up with his life? We need to be formed by the scriptures. When we only want to do good for ourselves and not good for our neighbor, we've become spiritually dull. Watch this. When we only want justice for our neighborhood, but not want the king to transform our lives, <laughs> we are spiritually dull. To be sharp, we need both and. Have you ever avoided a passage of scripture because it directly conflicted with your life? Oh, I'd skip over that book. That passage, no, I like the Psalms. Ask yourself, am I resistant to where God is attempting to stretch me? There's a reason that you feel the tension in your life that you feel. You feel tension when you're being stretched. It's not something that we need to avoid. It's something that we need to lean into. The verse also says, it goes on down, verse number 11. He goes on to say that you're not listening. Meaning that you're not applying these truths to your everyday life. I, I, I'm reminded of James chapter 1, verse 22. It says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. The author is saying that our growth problem is not an earwax problem. It's not a, a noise-canceling earphone problem. It's not an ear problem at all. It's an application problem. And when we have an application problem, it means we really have a heart problem. Do I really love Jesus or not? What we need to take the initiative or, or what we need is to take initiative to further our spiritual progress. One of the things that uh, Amy had said up here, that I was like, man, that was, that was real good. You say a whole lot of stuff. It was real good. But, but it was like uh, 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 Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, that iron sharpens iron, that, that we need each other, that we need to invite somebody in our lives to encourage us. We need to invite somebody in our lives that we can trust. We need to invite somebody in our lives who will, watch this iron sharpens iron. That means somebody who will sharpen us when we're dull. To be sharpened means sometimes you need to be ground down. Sometimes we need to invite some folks into our lives who will call out the sin in our lives. We need friends, real friends in our lives who will, will look out for our blind spots and let us know where we've fallen short. We need to surround ourselves with somebody who's not afraid to discipline us. Ooh, we don't like that word. Somebody who's not afraid to confront us and tell us where we're wrong. Because that's not a condemnation. That's to help us grow. 
to help us to be better than we were yesterday. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Another thing that we uh, need to take from this passage of scripture, uh, I think is so valuable, is to master the basics. Master the basics. Kobe Bryant was one of my favorite basketball players. I, I love watching Kobe. Kobe was great. One of the greatest basketball players that ever uh, uh, played the game. Any NBA player would tell you that Kobe, and any uh, fan like my friend Leo, would tell you that Kobe Bryant was a master of the fundamentals. Right? Kobe Bryant wasn't as athletic as a Michael Jordan. Kobe Bryant wasn't as strong as a Shaquille O'Neal. Kobe Bryant wasn't as tall as a Yao Ming. He wasn't a sharpshooter like Steph Curry. He wasn't as fast as Dwayne Wade. But he would get in that gym and spend three hours on one move just to perfect it. As a matter of fact, there's a story from Dwayne Wade who uh, I was listening to online. He was saying that, man, we wanted to learn from Kobe, the, the younger guy. We, so when we went to the Olympics together, we asked Kobe, could we, we work out with you? And Kobe said, yeah, yeah, meet me at, at, at breakfast and then we'll go to the gym. So the next morning they got up, they went to breakfast, and Kobe is already at breakfast with ice on his knees. This is like five in the morning. And they said, Kobe, how are you going to start practice with ice on your knees? He said, no, I've been here for the last three hours working on this one move. He was relentless. He, he, he got in that gym and he worked on the fundamentals, the basics, so that he could perfect the basics. And that opened up his game to be more creative on the court. It allowed him to separate himself from the rest of the league to be one of the greatest players because he mastered the fundamentals. The fundamentals. The basics. Have you ever felt like you were too big for the basics? Have you ever felt like you graduated from a certain point in your Christianity and that you, you, you I, I'm beyond uh, uh, Sunday school now. I know we don't like Sunday school, no, you know, but, but, but we, I'm on a whole nother plane. I'm, 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 but then when you get in a real situation, you figure out you weren't as deep as you really thought you were. And some of us know how we act when we drink. Yet, when we get around that certain group of people, we say, oh, oh just one more is not going to hurt. Some of us know that we shouldn't go over his or her house after 10 p.m. Because Bible study ain't going to happen. More like Netflix and chill. We, we know we're just going to tell ourselves a different story. It's not going to happen this time. Some of us know the basics and the fundamentals of our faith, that we're supposed to be sharing our faith, that we're supposed to be making disciples. That is a basic fundamental of Christianity. But I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I don't want to offend anybody. We know we need to be praying. We know we need to be reading scripture. We know we need to be doing the basics, the fundamentals. And if we can master the fundamentals... I believe Jesus is calling us and saying that we can grow deeper in relationship with him. If we master the basics. But if we keep falling, if we keep falling in the same thing, if we keep messing up the same thing, 
I think the author of Hebrews is suggesting that we are experiencing what he calls immaturity. We, we need to grow up. That Christ may not be our main focus. Verse number 12 says, we need someone to teach us again the basic things about God's word. Maybe you feel like you need more knowledge to grow in Jesus Christ. I just got to fill my head with knowledge. That's great. Knowledge is wonderful. But ask somebody who's been to seminary how all that knowledge works on you. I've been there. Some of the most dry times with God you'll ever experience. Knowledge is great. Bible also says knowledge puffs up. Information is great, but that's not what Christianity is all about. It's about application. And application leads to life transformation. So what are you doing with what you already know? When I was in high school, I, I, I love, I still love bass. Bass, guitar, like a, a band ain't a band without a bass. And I got to feel the bass, right? I, I, turn it up. I'm like, come on now. Make me feel my experience. I want to feel the vibration in my soul. That's what I want, right? Anyway, before I go too far on that, I got a bass guitar in high school and I was ex- I was just so excited. I went, uh, I'm trying to fool around with it. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just plucking around with strings. Don't know what string's supposed to be tuned to what note. I'm just making noise. And I remember taking this bass guitar to high school and one of the bass players at school, I was like, hey man, uh, can, you, can you teach me how to play the bass? He was like, oh yeah, sure, I could teach you. And so he would meet me after school and he showed me how to hold it. He showed me how to put my fingers on there. He showed me what to do with these fingers. He was giving me the basics, man. He was showing me how to get the right tone on the, where to put my fingers in relation to the frets. He was showing me like some, 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 some scales and, and bass. And I said, man, why don't you... Just teach me some bass lines, man. I don't want these basics. I want to jam. I want to get in there with the band. I want to take the bass to church. I want to play some shout music. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to play the bass. And he said, Gary, you won't get anywhere if you don't know the basics. Needless to say, I'm not a bass player. I never learned how to play the bass. I still got a bass in my house, getting dusty. My wife is probably like, will you please sell this thing? It's taking up space. No, because one day. (laughs) I insisted on the complex without mastering or practicing the basics. And therefore, I am not a bass player. Sometimes I feel like I have enough faith to walk on water. Sometimes I feel like I've grown so much in my Christianity that I could go to my next level. God, take me to this next level. Take me to this place. God, I'm doing all of these little things. God, why don't you take me to that next place? And then I check my Instagram or my Facebook and I have yet another message from a hate-filled racist and I realize that I don't love like I'm supposed to. Because that person's created in the image of God, too. 
even though they say some of the most vile things to me. We get so thirsty for the deep end that we get tripped up in the fundamentals. I heard one preacher say it like this. He said, we want to swim in the deep end of the pool so bad, yet we keep drowning in the shallow. Verse number 13 says, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. And many of us Western Christians, we, we hear that word right, which is the word righteous. And, and we think about our personal piety. We think about our personal deeds. We think about our personal goodness, our personal relationship with Jesus. I like how N.T. Wright says it. He says this in his uh, commentary on Hebrews. He says, uh, maturity and growth happen when you can recognize the difference between righteousness or justice and evil. Because righteousness and justice are the same word in the Bible. It's the same word. Not just personal and not just corporate, but both and. It means making things right or better in your personal life or in your surroundings. When we can tell the difference between that and evil, we said, you're doing pretty good. But how many know we have a hard time, especially in this country with that? Verse 14 talks about maturity. I love the way Dr. Cornell West defines spiritual maturity. He says that spiritual maturity is when you lean toward love and justice and oppose hatred and revenge. Nowhere in the Holy Scriptures will you see a distinction between personal righteousness and corporate justice. They're both one and the same. You do them together. Christian maturity is not simply knowing what's right, knowing what's right doctrine, knowing right orthodoxy, but it's about our orthopraxy. It's about what we're doing. The both and. Yes, you want to know what's right. Yes, you want personally what's right, but we have to do what's right around us. Transform our neighborhoods. Transform the Twin Cities. You and I will take the Twin Cities to a whole nother level when we apply this. When we learn to love God and love our neighbor. The Twin Cities, I believe, needs a church like this. The Twin Cities needs a church that demonstrates how righteousness operates outside of the four walls. I believe that we are that church. I believe we have been called by God to be that church, to be light in darkness, to be salt that preserves our Twin Cities. To be the ones who get involved in all of the, the different levels of government, of, of, of politics, of, of whatever. And we become the light in that darkness. We need more light on our police force. 
We need more light in our, in, in our polit- politicians, whatever. It's all whatever. <laughs> but we also need light in our streets. And we need your light right here in, these, in this building. We are called to be the light of the world. Mm. Time's up. I believe a church, this church, needs to be the church that God is calling it to be. To be the mature gathering together of believers that God has called us to be. To be that church that takes up its responsibility in calling out injustice wherever it exists. To be that church that challenges and works to change corrupt systems that's designed to create a permanent second class. To be that church that, uh, that resists what Dr. Charlie Dates calls the cotton candy multi-ethnic community that's sweet to the taste yet void of substance. In order to see this righteousness, in order to see justice, in order to see this kingdom come on earth in Twin Cities as it is in heaven, we've got to be willing to grow, to be mature, to, to, to take initiative, to master the basics, to love God, and to love everybody you come in contact with. And then we will see Spiritual transformation. Worship team, y'all can come on up here. But it's not until we do that that we will see a progress from milk to meat. See Christ in everything that we do. What is one thing that you could do this week? One fundamental that you could choose this week to improve in. What's one basic thing that you could say, yeah, I don't do prayer well. I don't read scripture well. I don't share my faith well. I don't uh, uh, make disciples well. These are fundamentals of Christianity. Could you choose one? And say, I'm going to go deeper in that this week. Because I believe that God will use that to transform your life. And I believe he will use that to transform this church to be light in the Twin Cities that he's calling us to be. Would you grab your Connect card? Your Connect card that you've been writing on. If you haven't filled it out, go ahead and grab it and start filling it out right now. On the bottom of that Connect card, it says Next Step. As a commitment to what you are going to choose to do this week, would you write it down on that Connect card? I'd love for you to write it down. Something happens when you write something down. It like burns it in your soul. It like secures it in your life. And it says, yes, I'm, I'm committing today to take that next step, to say that, yes, God, I am going to share my faith this week with somebody. Yes, I'm going to represent you well at my job. Yes, I'm going to stand up for injustice whenever I see it. Yes, God, I'm going to spend more time just to build my relationship with you. Will you take a moment and do that? And when you do that, 
those of you who are on the staircase aisles, there are baskets right underneath your seat. Would you reach under your seat, grab that, and take your Connect card, and if you have tithes, offerings, whatever you would like to put in that basket, go ahead, take a moment, put it in that basket, pass it down the row, and our ushers will come through and collect them. Thank you so much, and God bless you.